0: Hey, everybody, and welcome to Mama the Hard Kid. What we're going to talk about today is reactive attachment disorder. I am the adoptive mom of a daughter who has reactive attachment disorder, and it is my goal to never have you really know her name and never embarrass her and never have any of that kind of stuff come up, but I do want to talk in depth about what reactive attachment is and what it is like to raise a child with reactive attachment disorder. So today, I want to pick apart 20 symptoms of rad. And this is from a, a letter or a pod, I mean, a blog written at simply my opinion by Kathy, Kathy with an E, not a Y. And Simply My Opinion by Kathy.com. And she writes these 12 pieces. And I want to read them to you and then explain how that has shown up in our life. It is incredible. There is also this really obnoxious video by Todd Frail where he talks about each of these things. Um, But I highly recommend Simply My Opinion by Kathy dot com, Kathy with an E. Um, and she's got a lot of information as somebody else who has struggled with this kind of thing. So the first thing she has in her list of 20 is that they are superficially charming. And I quote, never real, always fake, good enough to feel fool people who don't know them well, used extensively for manipulation purposes. So her example is "I love you, mommy," and it's super sweet. And it's you know, after they've been super rude for a long time. And I do have to say, <laughs> this the way this has shown up in our house, and and more so before than it does now. But what it, what it did when she was in her bad place is she would say "I love you, mommy, mommy," and she would only say that she loved me if she was really mad at me. She wouldn't say it if she was content. She wouldn't say it when it was time for bed. She would only say, I love you, mommy, mommy, when she was really mad at me. So one of the parts here that she has here, she says, or charming the pants off of a stranger and telling them, you know, their poor orphan story, so they'll feel sorry for them. And, but it's true. They are superficially charming. They come across really well. My little lady can... Explain herself very clearly. She is very well spoken. Um, she's very connected to the situation. However, as much as I love her, a lot of it is artificial. She's very good. So instead of superficially charming, I would change that to artificially charming. Though sometimes she really just is charming and she can't help herself, but there is a definite, especially when she is in a bad place the artificial charm is intense. And especially for those of us who can see it. Uh, Number two, lack of eye contact. This is really interesting because it says here in, in Kathy's post, they will not engage unless they want something. This is it. Yes. (laughs) Now, my daughter has hit a point where she can have a relationship with me and we can have a discussion and we can live our lives. But when she is in a bad place, which it roller coasters, we go from even, even now that we have good times, stuff rolls her back into her bad times. And when she's in her bad times, she can disassociate and she can almost personality shift. And, and she won't, she won't be there and she won't engage unless she wants something. And, and when she was younger, this was huge. It was the weirdest thing to sit and watch this tiny person stare off into nothing and then just be like, click. And it was just like f- a switch flipped. And all of a sudden, you know, this, this little thing would come out cause she wants to go play and she wants something. And then. And then because she wasn't very self-aware at the time, she would flip back off and it would be like this face. It was like watching a movie where, you know, the psychopathic person is offended and you can tell that, that something bad's about to happen because, you know, they, they say they're fake. That's okay. And then they turn and the camera catches the face change. <laughs> you know, that's kind of thing. Um, number three, indiscriminately affectionate with strangers. <sighs> So Kathy describes this as our point blank told us that they trusted a stranger. They met that after noon more than they trusted us. Absolutely. There is this grass is always greener. I don't get what I want. There's restrictions here. I bet that person who was kind to me will never give me restrictions. There was one time I, <laughs> where my daughter was... um hanging out with somebody and that person is very bubbly and very fun and very cute and very, you know, high energy. And my daughter was smitten and we're driving home and she's like, mom, I want to live with that person. I don't want to live with you. I want to live with that person. And I said, oh, sorry, honey, you can't because, um, as we'll explain later, you just have to be very honest with with kids like this. I was like, Oh, you can't. I'm so sorry. She goes, Mom, I promise I will never do another bad thing in my entire life if you just let me live with that person. And I was like, as nice as it would be for you to never do a bad thing ever again in your entire life, I can't have you go live with that person. Um, but they will (laughs) just, just wander off and they'll just be with other people. And at the grocery store, they'll see somebody else who has something fun in their grocery cart and forget it. You're not important to them anymore. They want that person and they will do things to sort of discredit you to that person and and then be affectionate and be charming to that person because for some reason, and and this rings more of um, borderline personality disorder in our situation than it does other things, but there's just this desire for better. And, and if there's not better, there's offense, as in like they're offended, not fenced in, <laughs> but, but they get offended and then they get mean when they're offended. They, they get even kind of a thing. Um, number four, not affectionate on parents' terms. Yes. So she describes this really nicely as only when Rad wants something they will say something like, I'm sorry, or I love you. Oh, oh, my three biological children had learned to say thank you and please by the time they are, you know, too, they, they use sign language before they ever spoke. Um, but they are all saying please and thank you before they ever get anything. Now this little lady, my last one whom I adopted, she knows this. She just doesn't care. So she wouldn't use please. And she wouldn't use thank you. And she wouldn't um, use any of those unless she'd been told no so many times that she's like, fine, I'll say please kind of a she'd be like, please, please. (laughs) And now she's much improved because she's in a really good place right now. So so when I say this, I, I hope any of you who are, you know, feeling desperate can know that there are times when when we're in a good place and and that's lovely. Number 5, destructive to self, others, animals and material things. And then Kathy writes, I could write a book about this. Oh wait, I did. <laughs> I don't know what her book is, but I'm going to go look for it. But it's true. I would buy books at the thrift store and she would destroy 15 books a week. she I don't even know how she got them sometimes. And sometimes they were decimated and other times they were just like had the covers ripped off. If she knew the book was important to me or if she thought the book was important to me, she would ruin that book. If it was a book that we sat down and read together, she would ruin that book. If it was a book that was close to her in a fight, like when she's yelling and screaming, she'd also ruin that book because she knows she's not supposed to. But there were a lot of targeted um, destructive, destructive things. She would do anything that could be torn was torn. Anything that could be cut was cut. Um, ironically, and maybe I should knock on some wood when I say that, I don't think she ever cut her sheets. I think mostly she just cut Absolutely everything else. I don't think she cut her sheets, which strikes me as kind of odd. When you when you know how many things that she's destroyed um, clothing, shoes, stuffed animals, papers. Uh, she was grounded from scissors, but unfortunately, my kids, whom are older than her, were not enough older than her. So they would have scissors and they'd leave them out, or they would go sneak them and and you know cut their own stuff, but all of their stuff that they cut was like reasonable. Like sometimes at school, they would get little flashcards that they had to cut off the bottom of the pages and they'd get excited and they'd cut it off. And then they'd, you know, do that in the room because they're grounded from scissors <laughs> because they'd leave them out so much. It was really, it was quite an ordeal. Um, she used to cut something multiple times a week, destroy something multiple times a day. Now, I can, I don't know, she probably ruins something maybe once or twice a week now. And she's almost six years old. So we've just, she's just in such a better place. But she's also at school and she, I don't know what she does there. I did know what she did when she was in preschool, but school's only been for a week. So I'll know more later. I am sure of it. Number six, cruelty to animals, which is kind of indestructible. To self, others, and animals, and number five, but absolutely, we have a cat, and she will take that cat, and she tries to throw him off of balconies and off of stairs, and and she'll kick him, and she'll choke him, and she'll do. She's grounded from the cat, um, and everybody in the house knows it. And I luck out that she's the youngest, so every everybody else kind of holds her up on that. And the cat has also learned um to protect himself well so she will be covered in scratches and I'll be like uh-oh now you get a punishment because you weren't supposed to touch the cat <laughs> and I, she likes to get caught sometimes in the bad things that she does for some reason and she'll be like oh I did I did touch the cat kind of you know so she just kind of admits it she lies a lot but she she also likes to some for some reason get caught in her naughty things So number seven, lying about the obvious. I'm going to read Kathy's take here. (laughs) She says, I see Rad take something that doesn't belong to them. I tell them to put it back and it isn't theirs. Rad states that they didn't take it, even though it is in their hand. I say, it's right in your hand. And this will go on forever unless you threaten to take something of theirs from them. This is the narcissistic attitude that happens here they cannot see the world from someone else's perspective they can only see it from their own in my previous um podcast I made a comment about how my daughter was up in her room and then she just went and got a granola bar when she was in timeout. and I was like why do you have a granola bar and she's like because I wanted one you know even though she had to go all the way downstairs to the kitchen to get it. I don't know how she did that. I don't know how she snuck by everybody, but she did. Or she probably actually found it somewhere else, but it's, she just wanted it. So she'd take it and she doesn't understand a different perspective. And so this ends up being very toddler-esque. You'll find a lot of things relate to being a toddler here, where when you have a toddler and you're like, Oh, little buddy who's covered in chocolate, you know, did you eat this candy bar? No, because they don't want to get in trouble. And that is exactly what is happening with these reactive attachment kids. Or I do also have to throw in, um, disinhibited social engagement disorder, which is the outgoing version of reactive attachment disorder. I just, I just want to, you know, add that into the education. Number eight, stealing. (laughs) I shouldn't laugh about these things. I she's at school right now. So I feel like I can just be like, feel free to feel whatever feelings that I have. But uh, Kathy says here constant, anything from us from schoolmates from teachers. Yes. Now my little lady hasn't stolen much from stores because she's still little enough that she has to sit in the upper part of the cart. She's getting too big. I'm not really sure what I'm going to do, but she can't help herself. The impulsivity. And like I just said, if she wants it, she just goes and takes it. She doesn't, she doesn't notice, you know, she, she can't see the world from anyone's perspective, but her own. And in our case, that is different when someone is physically injured. When someone is physically injured, she genuinely feels bad for them. But for for most other things, she can't relate. And so what we do is every single time we have to say, how would you feel if someone took this thing from you? Because she can't. And that leads us to number nine, no impulse control what they want, they take. And this is, this is what I was explaining. This is, this is their whole life. If they want to draw a picture and you don't let them draw a picture, they don't understand. And it's, it's like a toddler. They will just melt down and can't handle it because their brain has never bumped them up higher to toddler processing with this thing. Um, I like here where she says, they completely turn the tables and tell everything, including what they did is someone else's fault. Absolutely. You, she, personal accountability has been incredibly hard to teach. Um, also kind of a, a very immature way to look at things where they just sort of get stuck in, but I feel so justified in my actions kind of a thing. And they can't really wrap their heads around that, that other people have a different view. Number 10, lack of conscience. (sighs) This is, she says here, they will never feel badly about something they've done. Now, In our situation, when my daughter is in a bad place, this is true. When she is not in a bad place, she actually feels very, very, very badly about stuff that happens. There was one time she's at school and she's fairly young. Remember, she's at school and she loses her mind, right? She starts freaking out and going crazy. She couldn't hold it together. Um... She loses her mind, and then there's a little boy in class, and she saw his face and she saw that he was scared and he wouldn't sit by her anymore. And she liked him, she played with him, and now he won't be her friend anymore. And oh my word, we are talking three weeks of falling all over the floor and crying because this little boy, you know, doesn't like her anymore and she ruined the friendship. So, ours goes. I mean again that's also very her. She's more she's more upset that he's not friends with her than she is that she scared him, but she also could wrap her head around the fact that it was her fault. So we've made when I read these, I'm like, look at all this progress we're making. <laughs> like we're, we're just good for her. Number 11, abnormal eating patterns. Now we don't have this one. But one of the things that's fairly common and you'll see this with the other parents and support groups is that the kids will gorge themselves or they won't eat. And it kind of just one or another, like they'll just go from stuffing their faces sometimes so much that they just vomit right where they are or they won't eat anything. Um, food hoarding is also a big thing with kids like this. Uh, it has to do with like keeping yourself you know, feeling safe and accessible to food. If your child has had, um, any kind of, uh, food neglect, then this is more of a, of a thing for them. Number 12, poor peer relationships. (laughs) She says making friends for most rads is literally impossible. And she says, you know, it goes back to all the others. There's no loyalty. When a rat has a relationship, it is all about what that person offers them. And they can't quite figure out what they can offer somebody else. That that doesn't matter. They just want to know what the other person can offer them. And unfortunately, that's just a terrible way to have a relationship with somebody. So they often... They'll with mine, she'll come in and be like this very dominant presence. And and she's fun, and she's cute, and she does silly things. And sometimes she does naughty things, but they are all laughing. You know, she really loves to be the center of attention. But she can't get the friendship part of it. She can be the fun, she can be the entertainment, but she can't quite get the give and the take. She only seems to understand the take. And so she doesn't have any friends for very long and they'll be nice to her. And then they will just they, it doesn't, it can't continue because it's, it's fairly one sided. Number 13, a preoccupation with fire, constant talk of burning down the house, burning the car, burning everything meaningful to the family. Now we luck out with this one too is because she burned herself pretty hardcore on on something, nothing terrible, but, but decent enough that she actually does not like fire anymore. I was cooking something on the stove. I had actually turned it off maybe. Anyway, you tell them not to touch and it doesn't matter. They will still touch. And she, whatever she did, she hurt herself pretty bad. And she was so surprised because when you're in this kind of state mentally, you don't actually feel that much pain. But when she started taking her medication for the first time, she started feeling pain. And so after after a few tumbles, she did this thing where she touched the fire that was in my gas stove. And she was pretty mad about it. So she actually doesn't like fire and we luck we luck out because this can be a huge thing. Just the destruction of it all is very comforting to their minds. Um, number 14, this leads right into 14, which we do have and did not luck out with, uh, preoccupation with blood and gore. <sighs> Ab- absolutely. She can't help herself. She wants to see all of the blood and all of the injuries and all of those things. Um, The previously mentioned cat, for example, if he catches a mouse, she cannot rip herself away from, I don't let her out. If she's out there and she finds it, then I have to go get her because she will like play with the (laughs) animal. It's disgusting. Um, Birds things like that. Like she doesn't, she likes to be a part of the grossness of stuff. Um, I don't know what it is. I can't figure this part out. But she does love the bleeding and the innards of things. And it's gross. So she's not allowed to watch any of that. We like to watch the survival show she is not allowed to watch any of the cooking parts <laughs> because it's just something she just obsesses about and she just really loves. So number 15, preoccupation with bodily functions. Painting with feces is common. Um, This can be with uh, urination and this can be with feces and this can be with Boogers And this can be like a lot of, a lot of stuff. Now she, (laughs) I don't like talking about this. I don't want to talk about this, but I will. Because I need, I feel like, I feel like I wish somebody else would have talked about this when I was starting out. So that I could, I could wrap my head around it. So her therapist says that... Oh, this is so gross. So she doesn't do this very much, which is lovely. We have worked really hard to make this not a thing. And one of the things I really encourage any of you, and you might not be able to stop it, but to encourage any of you is that if your child is in timeout because they're terrible and they've done something awful, including trying to throw your cat off the balcony or strangling your cat. If they need to go to the bathroom, just let them go to the bathroom, even if they then are destructive in the bathroom. Let them go to the bathroom because if you don't, they will know this is a thing and they will also use it against you in the future. So while that is not the only reason that they can have a preoccupation with these bodily functions, I say for your own sanity, do everything in your power to make using the bathroom the normal thing for these kids to do. Don't make it a thing. If they pee everywhere, don't make it a thing because once it becomes a thing, it becomes their weapon. And one of the thing, one of the things that you can use and we have used, which it just sounds terrible. All of this sounds terrible when you say it out loud, but... They don't want other people to think poorly of them, especially if they are outgoing. Now, do not use this weapon in a terrible way, like, because if you damage them and their reputation to other people, you have damaged trust and that will make it very hard for you. But I have in my life said, oh, you just peed all over this. Ugh. Am I ain't you really want to be the kid that pees on stuff? And when I, you know, if such and such says, how's that, how is the little kid doing? And I say, oh, they peed on this. And I would tell people, you know, (laughs) nobody like of, of major consequence, like not like her classmates or anything, but I would, I would tell my mom and she likes my mom. And I would, and I would tell you know, the random circle of people. So she knew that this was a behavior that would be told and would make her look stupid. So when we talk about that narcissistic view about how they can not see it from a different perspective, this was one where I was like, I don't want to do this. And so I would explain it and I wouldn't, I mean, I would explain it like it was a bad thing, but I wouldn't, um, shame all that much. If that makes sense, I'd be like, guess what she did? She did this. And that was a bad choice, you know, and then you can just, you know, that that was enough. That's all she needed. She didn't need gigantic things. Because if you do turn it into a gigantic thing, she will be like, you know what, it's worth it. I'll just, I'll I'll just do this. (laughs) Oh, I am rambling. I will keep going to number 16. Persistent nonsense questions. <laughs> Chatter and senseless noises. I have not read this list in over a year and a half. So I am laughing my head off when I can think of these examples. Um, Yeah, it never stops. One of these reasons in ours is that she stims. Her stimming because of her ADHD and because of her discomfort and because of her anxiety, she she has a physical reaction and she has a vocal physical reaction where she just has to talk. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what it's about. She will, she will say, um, oh, look, mom, I can move my finger here. Oh, look, mom, I can look, move my finger here. And we all remember doing that when we were young, I imagine. Maybe it was just maybe it wasn't everybody, but I definitely did. But when I did it, it was something so cool. And I wanted my mom to see and she'd be like, look, 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 mom, look, I fold this paper. Look, look, mom, I and she would she, mom, how come this is this way? Hey, mom? How come this is? This? And I remember asking all of these questions. But when I say there is no break. There is no break. They and she says here in this paper, Kathy, she says, They want to be the center of attention at all times. Yes, they want to be 1000% in in attention. And if you turn towards any of your other kids and start giving them attention, that is offensive to them. And so she's then will either amp up what she's doing that's naughty or she will punish you in some way. Um, that day. I like, I like here. Um, or how about listening to nonstop screaming? They scream until they can't scream anymore, because they lose their voice. And once they're healed, they'll scream all over again. Uh huh. Yeah, we have had my our longest record is 10 hours of screaming. And she didn't even go hoarse. I remember I have like earplugs that I put in um, and I remember just being at the end of my rope at the end of the day and I finally popped her melatonin in her mouth and I'm finally getting her to bed and I'm just like, I don't understand. I don't understand how her throat can do that. I don't understand. And just to explain what a good place we're in right now, she screamed for four hours and her throat got a little hoarse. So look at us. Look at the progress that we're making. Um, And four hours is a, is a good day. It's, it's not bad. We even have some days, um, now that she's in school where two hours, like it's, yeah, it's good. Um, number 17, not stop demanding of attention. We've kind of already, already dealt with this, but if you don't give her the attention, she will go get it from you. And this becomes kind of questionable because as, as it also includes sometimes inappropriate physical touch, which is kind of terrifying. So they want attention and like she loves giving massages and she's kind of inappropriate with the way that she does stuff because whenever she's told no, like, oh no, don't put your hand there. Then that becomes that taboo area and she likes to push those lines. And so it becomes, you have to really approach those things very cautiously. Number 18, triangulation of adults. <laughs> this is not funny. I do not know why I'm laughing. Um, yes, this works with the teachers. This works with your spouse. This works for your extended family. <sighs> Just any way that they can make you look bad and make them look better. They will, they will do And they enjoy kind of, and I say they, and I, when I say they, I mean, she, she enjoys like kind of starting things. I luck out and sometimes it doesn't feel lucky, but I luck out that my husband was so busy, so astronomically busy between church things and work things that he was never home. So she couldn't get him very often but then when he was home, she, he was still, he'd still have like work stuff that he had to do. So he couldn't give her the attention that she wanted. So she would try to do this and I'd watch her try to do this. And I would say, oh, hey, honey, she's doing this. <laughs> and he'd be like, oh, but he, he didn't have the time. So he, he would just let me be in charge, which for a long time felt like a really bad thing, but I absolutely recommend it. I absolutely recommend and it's no fun for the parent who has to deal with it all but that there is one parent that deals with it all and the other person just said sorry sorry the other you you go to mom on that one nope you know you go to mom nope you know you go to mom um number 19 false allegations of abuse and her sentence here is, this is more common than any sane person would think. And I've written much about it in the book. I need to know this book. I should know this book. But um, absolutely, just false allegations. I have also lucked out on this because I have talked to the people around us, mostly because they catch me crying. <laughs> I can't help myself. But so the I've told them this in advance. So when it happens, you know, I can see the wheels turning in their head. Um, and she doesn't at this point know any big things to accuse me of, but she does her best. <laughs> She's She does her best. Um, she, Kathy also says in this, um, about the phone and the porn on the phone sitting up all night watching porn because these, these kids are absolute dopamine chasers. It has to do with their brain chemistry. This is why a lot of them get into drugs is because there's there's a dopamine chase that happens here. And part of that is from being stuck in the fight of fight or flight. So what I, what I kind of explain it as is Reactive attachment disorder is being stuck in flight. The disinhibited social engagement disorder is being stuck in fight. And, and there's a lot of power when you're in fight and you just have a lot more confidence than you think that you should. But, um, but that also eats up all of your happy hormones when you're stuck in this place. And so, um, so they chase, they dopamine chase and they can do that with, Inappropriate activities and they can do that with sex and they can do that with chasing um, like the thrill and they can do that with pornography. They just dopamine chase. So that's just a side note from what has been noticed. But number 20, we are finally at number 20. I know I'm long winded, but thank you for staying this whole time. Creating chaos. And I'm just going to read what she has here. Rads are experts at creating commotion so they can be the center of attention, whether it be something like dad playing a game above or something serious such as starting a fire in your kitchen so they can go through your purse and then steal your cash and your credit cards. They will disrupt your family dinners, your family outings. They love arguing and the louder it gets the better. I don't, I don't know if this has to do with being neglected and this is their safety thing where if they're loud, then they get the attention. And if they have the attention, then they're not neglected. Like, I don't know if that's what it is. That's kind of what I lean towards. But I do know that this is a hectic, (laughs) crazy road. Oh, heavens, people. I wish... And I, I actually do have some ideas to help. So I will... I will keep that in here. If any of you guys are interested, I will be, I will be eventually talking about the things that have really helped us. Um, I'm just trying to get my thoughts together, but I, I just really am with you on all of it, and I want you to tell you that that there are some things that can be done. And just to give you a little bit of the the things, so I'm not just leaving you completely hanging. Um, be That safe place for them, even if they hate you, and what I mean by that is be absolutely consistent, because the inconsistency feeds into those original feelings of neglect and of discomfort and of pain. But to be that also is um, will eventually cool down that adrenal adrenal response that they have that puts them in the fight or the flight. If they know what to expect every minute, if you talk them through everything, it is exhausting for sure, for sure. But if you talk them through things, then they will be able to understand the way that the world works and understand their role in it and understand that they have a safe place. So I'll go into more details about that later. Thank you guys if you made it until the end. And I wish you all the best in your journey if you have a reactive attachment child or if you know somebody who has a reactive attachment child. I hope every one of you has a better day tomorrow than it was today and a better day the next day than it was that day before. Have a great day.